Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm David. And you're listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, where we talk about board games and board game related topics. On today's show, we will be bringing back what we've been playing and the news. First ones this year, I think. This season. This season. First ones this season. And for our main topic tonight, we will be talking about the ToonCon schedule and the games we're looking forward to be playing and the games dad is hoping to bid on at the auction. Do not tell my mother. Uh, I probably won't talk about the games I'm going to bid on because I don't want anybody else to bid on them. Ah, that's fair. So if they miss them on the auction list, then I get away with it. Uh Uh-huh. You're assuming they're all going to listen to our radio show, though. I mean, it only is like two days before the auction, so... We are we are the voice of TuneCon, I think, now. Are we? That's what I'm going with. Okay, cool. Okay. Voice of TuneCon. You're the one who has to pay the uh, the fundraising budget next year. Well, I'm just, I'll send them our bill, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, let's start with what you've been playing. Yeah. So, we got to play three games together. We did. Actually, our lists are identical. And I played one more other one. Right. I'm sure there's other ones that I could talk about that I didn't play with you because it's been so long since I've done one of these that there has been games that made this list that I, of course, have forgotten. Yeah, I would say yeah. it's been four or five weeks since we played because yeah. we had to record a bunch of shows because we were on holidays and then Shay was on holidays. and Yeah, just... excuse me. I did not go on holidays. Well, one of us <laughs> went on holidays. You were on holidays and you were away and then we had the special episodes and yeah, it was so we haven't done this in a while. So there's games that I definitely missed. Hopefully I'll play them again sometime and be able to bring them up again. Exactly. So I'm going to start with the game that I played without you. Okay. It's called Acroteary. And this is a little two-player game from Cosmos, part of their two-player box line, which is Targi and those types of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tile-laying game. So on your turn, you're laying a tile and you're placing a good on that tile because it's going to have a colored good on it. And then you place a second good of your choice. And these goods come out of the market. So the more, the more goods that come out of the market, the more valuable those goods are. And then when you sell back to the market, they get less valuable. So that whole supply and demand thing. Gotcha. Uh, It's got a Carcassonne feel to the tile laying. And you're moving a boat around to establish colonies on these islands. Uh, Same as Carcassonne. Once you've established a colony on an island, nobody else can join that one. But if you put a colony on one side and then join the two colonies together, then it's legal. Mm -hmm. This was a neat little one-player game. Uh took about 45 minutes total to play with the teach and it was a really solid game so if you're looking for a tile laying two-player game with a little bit of a economic market to it check out this acro teary that being said it's probably out of print (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna ask is it easy to travel with because i think that's a a nice thing with two-player games so yeah it's that small box same size as uh seven wonders duel same size as targi same size as emotep duel seems like the two-player games come in this box so yeah we took it we took uh seven wonders duel and emotep to uh punta cana dominican republic and they traveled no problem fantastic All right, so let's jump into the three games that we played together. I am going to start in order with Hadara. So this was a game that we learned as we played it, right? You hadn't played it before. I had played it once. Oh, you had played it once. It was tribes. Six months ago. 
Okay, perfect. So so we learned it as we played it. Yeah. Um, this was a really easy game to pick up, a hard one to be good at, I'd say. So the general idea is there is a bunch of cards that all represent different things in the middle of the board. So you have stuff like military, economy, um, what was the green? Green was food. Food, mm. purple, which are special, blue, which is... Culture. Culture. And then that was what there was. Yeah. yeah. So so you have those cards and then you have your characters. And there's a spinning top basically in the middle that you turn. And whenever or each each time you turn it, it lines up with one of those color cards. You pick two of the cards up and then you choose to buy one of them. Yeah, you can yeah. you can buy or sell one of them. Buy or sell one of them. And you put the other one back on the pile. Yeah. And this this is important. It goes back in a pile on the board. It doesn't if you sell it, it's out of the game. But if it's if you just the one you discard goes back. Yeah. So if you sell a card, you get money. If you buy the card, which costs money, then you get whatever the effects on it are, which usually is on your main board, raises the amount of income you get, the amount of food you have, the amount of culture you have, and the, or the amount of military you have. Yeah, it moves one or two of them. Some, some move yeah. three, but... Yeah, I think most yeah. of the... I, there was one that moved four. Yeah. But, that, uh, you know, it moves those a certain amount, usually affecting the color of card that it's on, right? Yeah. Purple will do special things, usually in regards to end game scoring, or just give you really special multipliers. Yeah. Which was quite fun. I think I got one of them. Because they were so expensive. Yeah, the purple cards were pricey. Yeah. So really simple concept. So you do that and then you get your income. So again, that's on your board and then you get that amount of money. Think like Space Base. Yep. You get that income to start off with. And then following that. Oh, yeah. Then you can build a statue. So this is also on your board. The general idea is you have these tokens that you can put on. If you have a certain amount of culture, you can build that statue. And you can either build it and put a color next to it. And then you get that amount of... Victory points. No, no, no. The color is you get that amount of things added to that yeah, color. You, your uh, attribute goes up. Exactly. Or you get victory points. And that's that's that section. And then you can choose to buy medals, which are basically multipliers. One gives you victory points for half of the amount of the color that you have for a silver medal. Or... The gold medals give you seven victory points for each set of cards you have. So again, there's a certain amount of colors. You have one of each of those, You five colors. You get uh, seven points for those cards. Yep. And that's the first half. The second half is basically the same thing, except instead of um, picking upside down cards, you can choose in turn order any of the cards from any of the colors. The top The top card. one. Yep. And you can choose to buy that card or sell it. Uh, and that was really neat because then you know those cards that you might not have gotten to see, you can see them now and you might be able to buy them, which was really fun. And then again, you do income statue medals and then you go right back to the start. Yeah, it's uh, three ages. Yes. Uh, this is the creator of this game is really in love with Seven Wonders. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it's not that the gameplay is identical mm -hmm. to Seven Wonders, but all the symbology yeah. and all the coloring is Seven Wonders. Yeah, I would say like there is nothing about the gameplay that necessarily reminds me too much about Seven Wonders, right? Yeah. In in the style, because you're not passing cards back and forth. 
the buying is a little different. You're obviously in Seven Wonders. You don't have that board that's full of like different attributes and stuff. Yep. But definitely the fact that like there's purple cards in there and the green and like everything very much felt like you were looking at Seven Wonder cards yep. in a different game, right? Yep. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite fun. The only thing I ever had issues with is having enough money, right? Because yep. you did need money to buy cards. And uh, oh, I forgot about the other things you can buy. But anyway, you need money to buy cards. Yep. And it was very easy to run out of money. And it seemed like it was very, at least for me, it, it was hard to get money or get enough income for it. Yeah, like you, you're limited in that income, but... It, to me, that piece is really Seven Wonders-ish. Mm. Because in Seven Wonders, if you don't have the resources, you have to buy from your neighbors. Yeah. Right? And if you don't have that, you can't build that cart. Yeah. I, I found this one a little tighter than Seven mm -hmm. Wonders because each age, the cards get more expensive. Yes. And then you get to the final age and everything's ridiculously priced. Yeah. And if you haven't built up that income, yeah. you're, you're really struggling. Yeah. Uh, I almost would have liked to have an income before like it seemed like there were certain times where it would have been nice to have an income before you buy the cards right instead of after yeah. um the other thing i had was or the other the the reason the money kind of got to me is that it felt at certain times that you would buy a card and then sell a card then buy a card and sell a card so you would miss certain colors because yeah. of the order that you ended up being in based on the last turn right yeah um, and the other piece I liked is, say I had five blue cards, mm -hmm. I got a five coin discount that on blue. That was awesome. So it really almost pigeonholed you into going into specific colors mm -hmm. because with that discount, it's the only way you can afford some cards. Yeah. And like you, I didn't buy many purple cards where other people did. So they're able to really stock up yeah, on Yeah, whereas purples. I couldn't get, like I got one right at the end and I spent most of my money to get it just yeah. because I wanted to have a purple card. So it was... Uh, that that is a good point i really like the discount aspect to it i thought it made it easier to buy things in a game where it's hard to get money yeah um and then there were i can't remember what those things that i the were they castles that there were, they were called? Uh, colonies colonies and statues. colonies is the other thing that you can buy and they're just things that have uh either a bonus on them and victory points usually that you can pay to flip over and you get a better bonus and more victory points yeah those you buy along with the statues. Yeah, and those were all dependent on where your military value was. Yes. Or military attributes, sorry. I think I missed, was it that one? No, it was the statue I missed by one. My last statue. Yeah. I was very sad. Um, but no, I thought this gameplay was solid, and I would definitely play it again. Yeah, it's it's one to, or two to five players. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a solo mode in it. And as I say, it, you know, there's some very Seven Wonders-ish parts to it. Yeah. But... Seven Wonders I like at more than five players, where this one I will play with less than five players. It's very... Yeah. You know, it's it's like It's a Wonderful World, where at lower player counts, I could mm -hmm. still see myself playing it. I think like two or three players, this would be just as fun as with five players. Yeah. The first time I played it was three players. It was me, Jordan, and Dan. Mm -hmm. And it was solid. Like, yeah. It's, it, it is a decent, solid game. Yeah. Nothing super original, nothing super different, yeah. but just a, a game that works, right? Yeah. Okay, next game we played was Tribes, The Dawn of Mankind. Yes. And this one, none of us had, or no, one of us had played, but he had forgotten all about it. Uh, yep. <laughs> so once more, we started reading the rule book as we were playing, and once more, under an hour. Oh, yeah. This was a really easy one to pick up as well. 
Yeah. Um, so I really liked it. Yeah, there were six action tokens, and as you take one of the action token, it went to the end of the the row. Yeah. So if you wanted to skip an action, you had to pay a shell. A shell, and if somebody else took it, they got that shell. So I had spent all my shells and was drafting off the front because I couldn't get any more shells back. Yeah, you, I think I ended up taking one of the tokens that like nobody wanted because I didn't have enough guys to lose. It was a bad one and yeah. there are bad ones that show up um, and you'll get into that. But I got like 10 shells all at once. It was awesome. Yeah, and, and it was a really interesting mechanic. And so from those shells you have a or from from your actions you have three tiles in front of you and you're adding tiles as you explore you're moving your workers on those tiles to get onto different resources yep. you're having babies with those workers you have and you're uh completing objectives yep. which there's three rows of four you're basically doing uh, the evolution of mankind in these objectives yeah like the bottom row is say find a wheel and then yeah. the next wheel is make it round or in the last one is put it on a car i think the, yeah i think <laughs> the one i had was like lines. philosophy and then um that it was philosophy and then it went up and it was like science and math and stuff like that so it just got more complex as you went along yeah there was so. flavor text that i ignored yeah. yeah i was upside down so i couldn't read a lot of it i don't know why you put games toward you when you don't read anything <laughs> But uh, so if you did a bottom row action, you had the ability to do the action or uh, bottom row discovery. You had the ability to do the discovery above it uh, to do one to your left. You there was a one time use of an arrow yep. that could move you over there, but nobody used those. No. Uh, and you could complete all four on the bottom row and all four on the middle row and all four on the top row if you had enough time. Uh, yeah. And some of those put out more actions that go into that action row. So your row of six actions, some of you, you can get up to 10, 12 actions at yeah. a time, right? And the thing is, is those actions that get put out are one use, um, but some of them are bad. So they yeah. tend to stay around for a while. And that's where the shells are really useful. Yeah, there's stuff where you're losing land tiles, you're killing off workers, yeah. that type of stuff. Uh Really neat mechanic, yeah. really quick to play, really quick to learn. Yeah. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I won this game, so yeah. I did have a really good time because I, the, the trick was is I got out there on the objectives and I wasn't afraid to destroy my, uh, air, my land so that yeah. I could get the objectives. And I ended up getting, I think, to the top row in three... Of the four columns. Yeah, something like that. So yeah. I, I filled up quite a few. For To be able to... Each one of them caused... Or you needed resources. So if a worker was on a specific tile, if it needed two of them, you needed two workers on two, two different tiles. Yep. But if you weren't on there, you could flip that tile and burn that land mm -hmm. as a wild resource. Yeah, which I had to do because I... There was a couple resources, maybe one for sure, that I never saw. Yeah. Uh, because you're draw you're, there's an action that lets you draw those land tiles, right? And drawing is completely random. So I never drew the horse resource. Don't ask me why one of the resources was a horse. Um, so I never got one of those tiles. And by the, like, they all got drawn. I never got one. So I, to do those actions that needed the horse tile, I almost called it an emoji, yep. <laughs> not an emoji. Uh, I had to burn land to do it, but that worked out in the end for me. I think somebody got points for having the most land, but yes. I still crushed everybody by at least 10 points. Yeah. As we said, solid game, 
quick to learn, quick to play. Yeah. And once more, nothing super yeah. original. Although I don't think I've played that uh, where you're moving the no the actions to the that end was new. Anything. Yeah, I have, yeah. That's something that I haven't really done before. I liked it. It was fun. Okay, last game. Last game was a Giza. And this is a reprint of a Giza. Right. Yes. <laughs> you knew of the old game. I had never seen this game before or heard anything about it. Um, once I figured out how to play it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was quite fun and very nice to look at. It was a very confusing teach. Yeah, it was, it was one of those teaches where the teacher hadn't learned the game yet. Yeah. Or he had learned it a little bit. But hadn't refreshed because he was learning Maracaibo, which is a much more in-depth game. Yeah. And this one had slid in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, so all of us sort of learned it together as he checked the rule book to clarify stuff. Yeah. Which did work out at some point. There was just a little bit like... so The first round. Yeah. To back up, this game is based in around the Nile River yep. in Agiza, which I believe is the province. Do not quote me on that, but that you're Somewhere in the Nile in River. Egypt region. Along the Nile River. Yeah. And you are, there are actions and cards beside the Nile. Yep. In certain spots. When you, it's a worker placement game. So what you start... Shay's favorite mechanic. It, it's one of my favorite mechanics now. I can't lie anymore. Um, <laughs> so you have these boats and you go in turn order and you place your boat on either a card or an action. You place it on a card, you get that card, you place it on the action, you do that action. These things give you bonuses such as giving you fields so you get grain production which you need to feed your workers or you know, moving you up the grain and stone track which really end up giving you victory points plus extra grain and stone. Um, it, other things such as raising your worker strength and stuff like that. Yeah. The real three build areas and three build areas, which allow you using your stone to and I think stone it was just stone and, and strength, strength of workers yep. to build up an obelisk, build the pillars, uh, build basically goals and yep. build on the pyramid yeah, or the take cards. Statues. Oh, right. Statues is what they call them. Yeah. The real trick with this game was that once you placed your boat, the next boat had to go lower than that one. So if you went straight to the bottom, you were out of turns and yep. your turns lasted as long as there were spaces to go and you could still go down. Yeah. And the other part was if you went too slow, people would fill up all the build actions because there was only yes. three build actions for per area yep. and there was four of us playing yes uh this was a really neat mechanic yeah uh really neat game uh i really enjoyed it like mm -hmm. i i had a good time i got lucky and ended up winning because yep. the the pyramid cards or sphinx cards sphinx cards that yep, i the grabbed goals. they hit what i was doing yeah right so i got Tons of bonus points. Yeah. I ended up getting second because I um, I ended up building quite a bit on the pillars. Yeah. Uh, so it got me a lot of points. But I didn't have as many endgame scoring cards. And I didn't have any of the statues built. So I think that kind of hurt me. Well, but, yeah. It's, yeah. But yeah, this was a almost a point salad -y game. It absolutely was a point salad game. There were lots yeah. of things to score from. You, It just took us a couple rounds before we figured out how to do the buildings. Because I think I would have done more of those earlier if I had really figured out how important they were. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. And I know your mom struggled with getting 
her workers strong enough to do the yeah. building. Whereas I had plenty of strong workers, but I just like didn't put my character yeah. down. <laughs> and I struggled with grain for feeding my workers because yep. the strength of your workers, you add it up and you have to have that much grain. Yep. And everybody kept messing with me. I had like, I was getting like 24 grain. <laughs> yeah. and so if you can't feed your people, you lose anywhere from minus three to minus one per worker strength. Oh, no, per strength, right? Yeah, so... Didn't you lose like 11 points at one point? 12. 12, yeah. Yeah. So I lost 12 points because I wasn't moved up on the grain track to make that that penalty less. Yeah. And I just didn't have any grain to do it. Yeah. You know? But it was was a great game, and I would uh, definitely play it again. Yeah, no, this is one... We were talking about putting... Adding to the collection. Yeah. So... All right. Agiza. Oh, okay. Agiza. That's what we just talked about. You are listening to Board on the Air on CFCR, and we are going to jump into a quick round of the news, even though there is a month of news that we've missed. We're going to try and catch up. Yeah, we're going to just hit the the stuff that really piqued our interest. Uh, Big one, Plat Hat Games uh, was bought by Asmodee. The original owner has bought it back, so they've separated it. But they left all their big games with Asmodee. That wasn't smart. <laughs> so That's probably why he could afford to buy it back. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like their big games are the storybook games like uh, Stuff Fables, yeah. uh, Cos- Comanauts, mm-hmm. and the new one uh, with the rat and the sword. Despero? <laughs> I can't think of the name of it. Uh, oh, Aftermath. And Dead of Winter is the okay. other big one. Yeah. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Is yes. getting his own board game based on Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I really want to play this game. Called <laughs> Escape from the Haunted Mansion. Isn't it Mystery Mansion? Uh, I saw Haunted Mansion. It could be Mystery Mansion. I think it's Mystery Mansion. Okay. E- anyway, I'm I, I I'm excited about this one. I don't know if I'm going to buy it, but I would really love to play it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman. Get in her own game called Challenge of the Amazons. This is a co-op game. Mm-hmm. Uh, each person has a hero and you're sort of defending the island from three different bad yeah, guys. Yeah, I think Ares is on there. Ares, and, yeah. and I forget who the third one was. Dominion, the game that will not die, is getting <laughs> another expansion. Menagerie, so it's bringing animals. Animals. You are you are doing... You are doing animals. Um, you, yeah. you are building a zoo, I think, is really the best way to put it. Yes. So Dominion two years ago announced they were done making expansions. And this is the second one since that announcement. Perfect. Good job, Dominion. Uh, three fair-sized games coming t- or announced on Kickstarter, released on Kickstarter. Uh, Merlin Big Box. This mm-hmm. is a Stefan Feld game. I have the base game. This adds a new expansion plus the two previous ones, and they all fit in a box. That comes with the guys that make the little inserts inside that hold everything. Oh, uh, Broken Token? Or? No, not Broken Token. Oh. Uh, I can't nope. think of it. The plastic. The, pl- uh, the plastic ones? Yeah, the plastic fold-up Fantasy? Things. No, that's no. Fantasy Flight is the coins. No. Uh, Game Trace. Okay. Thank cool, you. Cool. It came to me. No problem. Uh, <laughs> if you're on Kickstarter, you have to have Game Trace nowadays. Uh, Marvel United from Come On Games. Mm-hmm. This one is sort of a chibi style art. Or oh, chi- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you chibi? mean. Yep. Chibi. Chibi. Yep. Chibi style art. Lots of add-ons. Lots of yep. money to cost you millions. And zero talk of what the gameplay is. Perfect. Uh, the big one for me, Viscounts of the West Kingdom. The third 
third in the series, which also comes with Tome Saga or Tomb Saga, which allows you to play all three of them together or in yep. unison and gives you points for that. That is the news. Quickest news I think I've ever done. Yes, because we do want to talk about TuneCon. TuneCon is this weekend. Uh, when you're hearing this, it is tomorrow night. Yeah, actually, yeah, because yeah. this airs on Thursday. This airs on Thursday. Okay, so Friday night, there are three time slots. First time slot is 6.30 to 8. We have Seven Wonders, Ecos, Eclipse, Great Western Trail, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and Blackstone Fortress. Wait, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons? I thought this was a teaching Dungeons and Dragons. AD&D is the name of the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But... That's just what it's called. Okay, because it is a learn to play. I'm yeah, doing it, the Dungeons and Dragons, it, and I'm like, I haven't done it. It is can, a learn to play. Can we preface this? Yeah. With the sign up online is closed right yeah. now, sign but up you online. can come the day of. Yeah. So this is very fluid, is how Dan and John described it to me. So even if a game is full and you want to play it, show up. Not everybody shows up for their time yes. slot. Yes. A big one in this one is Ecos. Looks like it's full. Uh, this is a new bingo game that looks really cool. Or that is really cool. We own this one. And Great Western Trail, which I've played a ton lately and mm -hmm. love, re really enjoying this game. And I am looking forward to the learn to play for Dungeons and Dragons. It's a four-hour time slot. I've never played it before. And they're going to have all the characters and everything set up for us so that, you know, you don't have to take the hours to be able to get used to it. Uh, next slot, 8.30 to 10. Innovation Scythe, Eclipse, Great Western Trail is followed through. Advanced Dungeons Dragons is followed through. And Blackstone Fortress is followed through. So the new ones in this one are Innovation and Scythe. And Scythe goes to the end of the night. And Eclipse goes to the end of the night. Uh, last time slot, 10.30 to noon. Add Century East and Wonder. <laughs> Do you want to re, re say that, Dad? 10.30 to midnight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Century East and Wonders, Flam Rouge, and Crystal Palace. Uh, Crystal Palace is a new game, Heavy Euro. And Century Eastern Wonders is the probably the heaviest of the three Century games. Yep. All right. So we go into Saturday, and this starts at 9.30 and goes until midnight. So long day. First time slot, 9.30 to 11.30. You got Quacks of Quedlingburg, Keyflower, Deception Murder in Hong Kong, Wingspan, Time of Crisis, and Gaslands. I only recognize about four of those. <laughs> okay, I recognize all of them, except for Perfect. Gaslands. I'm not, I'm not, not familiar, familiar with, with Gaslands. Gaslands. <laughs> uh, noon to two, Stone Age, Keyflower, Concordia, Viticulture, Space Corp, and Galactic War 2. Uh, there's some really good worker placements in that time slot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, 2.30 to 4.30, we got Orleans, Architects of the West Kingdom, Concordia has followed through, Puerto Rico, Space Corp, and Galactic War 2 both, both follow through. Uh, Orleans, great bag builder, oh, Architects absolutely. is Shem Phillips. It probably is most approachable game. Five to seven, we have the auction. Go to the website. The auction list just got posted on Wednesday. Isn't so, there like 260 games or something uh, in it? Yeah, close to 300, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of something for everyone. It might, might be a chance to expand your collection or start your collection. All right, 7.30 to 9.30, we have Mission Red Planet, Terraforming Mars, Brass Birmingham, Clank in Space, Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons, and Hellboy. Hellboy is, yeah, one of the newer games. That one is going to run right through. Uh, Mission Red Planet, nobody has signed up for. But it's against the big ones, Terraforming Mars and Brass Birmingham. Yeah, and, and Clank. Clank in Space. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a good time slot. 
Uh, 10 to midnight, we got Social Games. Terraforming Mars continues. Brass Birmingham continues. Mississippi Queen. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons continues. And Hellboy continues. All right. So then we go into Sunday. So this, this day runs from 10 until 6 o'clock. In the first time slot, 10 till 12, we have Azul, Terra Mystica, Kingdom Builder, Twilight Imperium 4, and Necromunda. Uh, really good games in there. Uh, this is a big day for Twilight Imperium 4. They get eight hours to play. And it's full right now, but show up because I know there is some slots that have, or some people that had had to drop out. Uh, 1230 to 230, Castles of Burgundy, the great Feld <laughs> solid game. Terra Mystica continues through. Indonesia, which is a uh, interesting game. Uh, I've never played it, but it's like 160 bucks. So come out and try it Ooh. out. And Necromunda continues. And then the three to six slot, we have Power Grid, Zolkin, Indonesia has continued, and Marvel Champions. Yes, Marvel Champions, the big deck builder from this year that's super popular. And I am teaching Zolkin in this time slot. Okay, we did it. Woo, we got through the schedule. So like Dad actually mentioned there, he will be doing some of the teaching. If you want to come and meet us, we will be have, we have shirts. We are important. Yes, uh, mine yes. is a bright purple shirt. Very, very important. Very bright. Yeah. Come find me. Say hi. Love to meet anybody who's actually listened to our show. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. We will, or we will talk to you next week. I'm David. And I'm Shay. Goodbye. Have a good night.